0: Thank you for joining the live broadcast of East Bay Bible Fellowship in Alameda, California. We pray that you'll be blessed by the worship and the preaching of God's word. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about our service times and location, feel free to call us at 510-697-8220 or go to our website at www.ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. Admittedly, tonight's lesson is not going to be too long because the next lesson we go into, uh, we started, of course, this series uh, talking about uh, the life of Jesus, Um, but this now is going to talk about the method of teaching of Jesus, and then after that, uh, we're going to go into the road of Calvary, so I kind of felt like the themes were a little um, somewhat distant between the two, so I want to, we're going to talk a little bit about the method uh, that Jesus used to teach and then we'll go back into the um, the uh, the ministry and in, in this case, the closing hours of Jesus' earthly ministry. We're going to read three parables. So uh, we'll start at Matthew 13 if somebody can do that one. Uh, we're, I, well It looks like we're going to stay in Matthew 13 for both parables and then we're going to go into Matthew 25. So the first parable we're going to go through is Matthew 13 verses uh, 1... Through twenty-three. And um before we get started, verses Matthew 13, 1 through 23. Before we get started, I want to I want to explain to you a little bit about the dynamics behind parables, and that's that's really important. So first of all, what is a parable? Um a, a parable is not a fable, right? And a parable, so um You guys might remember how many people have ever heard of Aesop's fables, right? This is pretty popular. Um, And when you, if you were to read Aesop's fable, Aesop was actually a Jew uh, living in Greece and uh, became very proficient in Greek and in Greek culture. But if you ever read one of Aesop's fables um, and then you read a parable of Jesus, you'll notice that there are some similarities. There's these moral lessons, but what is the big difference? Well, the big difference is that in a parable, none of the uh, protagonists or none of the, none of the, the characters in a parable uh, will ever be animals. So in fables, <laughs> fables always use animals. Mm-hmm. So in Aesop's fable, it's the, the tortoise and the hare, the, the bull and the fox, whatever, the fox, you know, there's all these talking animals. Well, in parables, there's no talking animals. Mm-hmm. There never is. It's always real life. Uh, or what could be real life stories. Last week, you may have heard me say this, but parables are not true because they happen once upon a time. Parables are true because they happen all the time. Um, Everybody has a prodigal son. Uh, Everybody has, amen, uh, a lost coin. Everybody has, amen, a seed they need to sow. Everybody has a pearl of great price. Everybody has a talent they need to do something with. So whenever you read the parables, Go ahead and insert your name in there because one day you will have to live one of these out. And right now, you are the subject of one of Jesus's parables. You Tonight, we're going to read three parables. As we're reading, you might find out, hey, that's me. Um, so... But a parable is not a fable, and neither is it a fairy tale. A fairy tale, of course, um, uh, the word fairy, believe it or not, the word fairy means to carry. So, uh, but a fairy tale is something that's going to carry you into uh, another world. It's, so a fairy tale would be like Jack and the Beanstalk. Uh, these kinds of stories that may have moral truths, moral implications, but they're, they're fanciful. They're made, they're, made, they're made to carry you away into a world that doesn't exist, where there's giants. And but but Jack and the Beanstalk is true because everybody fights giants every day. You know, uh, uh, so these things are true, but they're not parables. Again, parables are, are, are very uh, powerful because Jesus, it, Jesus keeps them very earthy, if that makes any sense you are meant to read a parable and, and, and the intention is for you to relate. There will never be anything that happens in a parable that you can't imagining really happening or that you have not seen happen, uh, to some degree or another in real life. Now, um, something important to remember is in the days of Christ, there wasn't, Paper was not as readily accessible as it is today. Um, Like uh, my daughter here, she loves paper, like anytime she could get her hands on it. And and we probably take for granted paper. We also take for granted books. Uh, We have books everywhere. You can go to the thrift store, you can buy like 99 cent books, 50 cent books. But in those days there was not a lot of books and there was not a lot of paper. Um, So a lot of teaching was done orally, okay? But I want you to stop and think about this. Without uh, modern technology, there was no such thing as replay or reruns. So a lot of people, uh, this is not just in the times of Christ. Up until recently, most people probably only heard songs one time in their life. Somebody might go to church or wherever and hear Ave Maria only one time in their whole life. And as you go back in time, right? Uh, now you can put it on your iPod and hit repeat all day and you can hear uh, Charlie Brown Christmas or whatever it is that you listen to right around now. Uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, whatever. You can listen to that all day. And, and In fact, I hear it all day and it makes me upset. So, um, <laughs> But in in the days of Jesus, whether it be music or even, in, even as far back as the 1300s, whatever, uh, people a lot of times only heard things one time. That was it. Um, on top of that, people only live to about 40 okay and and this is a short little snippet and kind of like way out there but you should know this this is good to know a lot of times people will will who are uh, uh, aggressive towards religion and in particular Christianity they'll tell you well of course everybody believed in god back in the days because people were much simpler and they were just naive and, and but believe it or not it was probably harder the, the claims of Jesus have always been hard to believe. Uh, and the stories of the Bible, the accounts of the Bible have always been hard to believe. I could actually believe right now that people live to 120. It was much harder for them to believe that anybody lived to 120, let alone 900. Because in their days, people only lived till 40. Oh. So for, when they heard anybody talk about a man that lived 900 years, they were more suspicious of it than we would ever be. And when they heard of Moses dying at 120, they might have been like, Yeah, right, get out of here. Nobody even lives past forty. So, but because their lifespans were so short, most of the people that heard Jesus preach or teach only heard him once. So the question becomes if you're Christ or if you're any kind of a teacher. And 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 so just so you know, in the days of Jesus, most people did not teach in parables what Jesus did was actually very unique by using parables. Matthew 13, where we're going to read actually says that at one point, Jesus would not teach without a parable. So if people don't have a replay button, they don't have iPods, they don't have iPhones, they don't have anything. What can I do to give them a story? How can I package it in such a way that it can be repeated? Well, what I do is I make sure that my stories are always something That really does happen. So, for example, uh, did any women here today sweep their house? Amen. Yeah. Did anybody here use a broom today? Amen. We did. Amen. Uh, So can you imagine Jesus tells this parable about a woman who loses a coin and sweeps her house? What he just did is he created almost like a little storage drive. He made this little means of Encapsulating that story so that every woman that goes home that day to sweep her house for years to come can remember that story, can remember that parable. Every time a woman swept her house, she would think of that man she heard on the mountaintops of Mm -hmm. Galilee teaching every time a father uh, who's dealing with his difficult son and doesn't know where he's at at night is is up late at night. He remembers the teachings of that man in Galilee. So Jesus packaged the stuff in such a way that it would have instant recall in people's lives. And uh, this is really beautiful. So th- this is the parables of Jesus. This is Jesus's technique. I, I have sometimes, um, uh, I've, I, if, if you've ever heard me preach, uh, here we're teaching. But if you ever listen to Brother Prado preach, uh, I, I use a ton of stories. Uh, people love stories. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Some, I, I think you should use plenty of scripture, of course. But people love stories. So let's get into these parables. Matthew 13, verses 1 through 23. Who wants to uh, be first up to bat? What was that, Matthew? 13, 1 through 23. Janelle, you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's go. The same day went
1: Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, There were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground, and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore I speak, I speak to them in parables, because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand.
0: Why don't you go, uh, skip down to 18? Uh, and this is where he explains the parable, so... Yeah.
1: Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When any one heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed unto stone, into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, But dureth for a while; for when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the word, by and by he is offended.
0: Yeah. Twenty-three is your last one, so.
1: He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world, choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that received seed into good into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth forth fruit, and bringeth forth some and hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty.
0: Okay, so here in this first parable, and there's a lot in here, and I'll try to move through it very fast, but I think there's some really good take-homes here. So in this parable, Jesus said that a sower went out to sow seed. The one thing you want to notice right off the bat is the seed was never bad. The seed was always it was always good seed. The sower is the Lord or even even Jesus says the sower is the son of man. The ground is the world. Jesus says the world is the field. So number one, right off the bat, let me tell you just off the bat. This applies to me. This applies to you. There's never a problem with the word of God. There's only a problem with us. The word of God is right. Whether we can digest it, take it in, whether we embrace it, protect it, whether it produce it, it's never the, the seeds fault. The seed is good. So, but the seed does face challenges. The first challenge the seed faces is the fouls of the air. Um, and Jesus says, hear ye therefore, verse 18, the parable of the sower, uh, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is uh, he which received the seed by the wayside. So here Jesus gives three kinds of uh, three, three different scenarios and something to understand about each one of these is This is the way I've always seen it. All of us are one of these three at one point or another. I remember being a new convert. There was just things I didn't get. And I also remember, um, and I'll go into these one by one. I also remember times when um, I, I loved God. I loved church. I was kind of on fire, but then I'd get picked on by people. So I'd back off. I went through that phase. And then I also went through the other phase, believe it or not, where God would bless me. And like I'd go to church, start tithing, start offering, and then all of a sudden I'd get a new job and you wouldn't see me again. Right? Uh, because of the cares of this world, you know, uh, the thorns would choke me up. So I think at one point, this is my personal opinion. Other people may have opinion. They can be wrong. But uh, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're all at working through one of these phases. And then the very last phase is where you actually, you're getting everything. And at that phase, the only thing that's important for you to remember is that you're either going to produce 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. But what is my task at that phase? My task is to know that if I'm getting 30, there's always more. There's 60. And if if I'm getting 60, there's 100. What is Jesus saying? Don't put a cap. There's always more. There's always more. No matter where you're at, there's got to be more. Right. If you're 30, that's great. But don't think God's done at 30. Right. And if you're a 60 fold saint, hallelujah, I want to hang out with you. But don't <laughs> but but don't you ever stop and forget that you can be a 100 fold saint. And, and this not this is this on top of that. There was even times in my life as a newer convert where I was uh, I was like hitting 30 fold stuff. And then I was even getting 60 fold. So we go through all these phases all the time. You know what I mean? Uh, We're we're constantly going through this. The seed is never bad. The seed is always good. Know this. The devil is working on me. The devil is working on you right now to take whatever you learn here away from you. He wants you to forget it right about the time you, you walk out that door. He wants that seed. He doesn't even want it laying around in your life. Notice that he takes the seed before it even goes into the ground. He doesn't... And I've, I've said this and, and I say this all the time. If the devil will fight for a seed amen that he that you that he knows you don't even understand you should fight for it even if you don't understand it whatever the the bible said of mary that when the angel told her you're going to be pregnant with the child jesus she said i don't even know what this means she said but be it unto me be it unto me i don't even know what you're saying but i receive it you know just be it unto me and i remember many times as i as i started going to church more and started getting excited i didn't know what the preacher was saying but i was shouting with him you know i was like yeah that's right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Don't that's a lot of you know, that's some weird English you're talking there. But uh but I I, I received it. And and you know what? There was times a year year later down the road I'd start crying. I'd finally figure out what that said in King James English. And, and it's coming to pass in my life. And it was exciting. You know, I was like, or there would be times like I'm going through a situation with friends or family or whatever. And I'm like, oh, wow. Boom. I remember that lesson my pastor taught years ago. I didn't even knew, knew what it meant then. And this is why uh, a lot of productive people that live for God you'll notice somewhere in their house they'll have a box of tapes you know or a box of CDs just stacking up you should you should archive things in your life because you never know you put those in and you play them through the years you're like man that was so good I was in that service I wasn't even, I must have not been listening you know and it'll talk to you again um, so uh, there's that um, so let's go on let's let's read the other one the peril the pearl of great price uh, Matthew 13 verse. Forty-five. It actually starts at, uh, uh, yeah. So who could read us, read for us? Let's start at uh, forty-four. Jason, go to forty-four to uh, forty-six.
2: Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in the field. the, the which, when a man hath found, he hideth. And for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man, seeking godly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it.
0: All right. So here Jesus gives us two parables. One is of a treasure in a field, and the other one is of a pearl of great price. Very quickly, these two parables almost look the same, but there is a slight difference. Verse 44 that Jason just read for us, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, in which when a man found, or hath found, he hideth it for great joy thereof, and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. This guy stumbles onto the treasure, he has a field and he finds it. He wasn't looking for it. He stumbles onto it. In verse 45 through 46, the, the guy here is actually looking for the pearl and finds it and purchases it. One guy stumbles onto it. The other guy was looking for it. What is the take home in this? Here's the take home. Whether you stumble into church or you were looking for church, it's worth everything you got. Right. Uh, My mother-in-law was uh, God bless her. She was already uh, an on fire Presbyterian. Amen. And uh, and and uh, her pastor met her on the bus and started. So she was already kind of looking for it. You know, she was kind of looking for it. But technically, her kids stumbled onto it because her kids weren't necessarily looking for it. They just came with mom. Right. So that a lot. Most most stumblers are the children of seekers. Most people, because most of the time, uh, church is sometimes handed, handed to you. You don't really get a choice as a kid. It's kind of handed to you. But the, the, the thing that Jesus wants you to understand, whether you're a seeker or a stumbler, it's worth. It's the most valuable thing you've ever come in contact with. All right. It doesn't like I was not a seeker. I was a stumbler. Um, I was I was I was um, I, I, I had a rap group and uh, my DJ was a backslider and I remember like we would we would get inebriated, we'd make rap music, and at the end of our like at the end of our like recording sessions, my DJ would get really convicted, and he would tell everybody, y'all gotta go. Everybody leave, so everybody would have to leave, and he would tell me I could stay. And then he would he had this one Christian tape, it was Ron Canoli. I don't know if anybody here remembers, him. but he, he had this one song, we're going up to the high places, and so he'd put his, his only one Christian tape in and, and he'd listen to it, and he'd cry and he'd feel so bad. And I was like, What is Wrong with you, man, and he was like, Well, you don't, you don't, you probably don't understand, but I'm a backslider. I'm supposed, wow. and he would always tell me, and I appreciated this. He told me, I'm not living for God, but this is real. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not doing right, but God is real. And I remember like feeling all this anger inside of me. I, till this day, I'll never forget the feeling. I wanted to cry and punch him at the same time. Mm-hmm. I was like angry at him, like there was something. I, it was like conviction. And, and he kind of just, he kind of like drugged me into church. And I stumbled onto it. But when, when I, he, he, he doesn't even look for God today. But he, he brought me. I stumbled onto it. And you know what? I had enough God given sense. God gave me the sense. I'm not trying to even claim it. But God, for even a second, peeled the scales off my eyes. And I was like, my God, this is what I need. This is, my life's falling apart. I didn't even know it until now. I thought I kind of knew my life was, but this is what I need. And it like, I was suicidal. I was depressed. I, I owed people money. I was in trouble. I was, my, 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 my life was falling apart. But I stumbled onto this and, and I got it. And, and I gave everything, I gave my rap group up. I gave my friends up. Um, I gave my lifestyle up. I gave myself up. It was worth everything I had. Because here's the thing about truth. Truth is priceless. It doesn't have a price tag. And let me tell you this much. It never goes on sale. As much as Jesus loves Jason or Jamie, he's never going to say, you know what, Jamie, you're such a great girl. Uh, I'm going to discount this for you. You know? And and it doesn't have special discounts, you know? Uh, Jesus doesn't look at Jillian and says, you know what, Jillian? Love you. We're going to take 10% off truth for you today. It, it just doesn't happen. We got a lot of people with Jays, Jason, Jillian, uh, you know, so, so, but, but, you know, Jesus, amen, he's in here. Amen. But, but there's no discounts. It doesn't go down. It, 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 it's priceless. And so the only reasonable offer any of us could make is everything. It's the only reasonable offer a buyer can make, whatever. What what do you want? You want my friends, you want my car, you want my house. You, what do you want? I'll give anything. I'll give anything. It does it, and I know that scares people. They think that's kind of fanatic. It is. But but think about this. Whatever you got to give to go to heaven, you got to give up to go to hell. So anything I give up to go to heaven, I got to give it up anyways to go to There's no parties in hell right they're, they're not down there dancing you know I, I actually when I was in the world like I really thought like you know what if hell's real it's not that bad all my homies will be there <laughs> like, <laughs> if it's real like I got a few friends that I know are going so it, we'll, we'll all be there together but you know one thing Jesus says it'll be darkness you won't see anybody there and it's eternal pain and punishment and it's, it's not good. It's not good. If you're lucky, if you're blessed, you'll live into your 80s. The average American, right? 80s, maybe 90s, a few hundred people in here maybe. But we'll be dead forever. This is the short end of the trip. Mm-hmm. Life is the short end of the trip. And so we, gotta, we have a very little amount of time to get things right and an and, and eternity to face. I'm willing to give up anything. And I say that now, and I said it when I first came to God. And I'll do it again. And some of you have done it already. Some of you seasoned saints, you've done it more than once. You've given up everything more than once. And, um, and then there's the daily dying. There's days you die every day. There's days you're like, man, I wish I could be doing something else. But that, I'm not. I'm living for God. And uh, I wish I was whatever, but I'm living for God. Somebody say I'm living for God. Living for God. Last but not least... On the pearl of great price. All pearls cost something, but only one is of great price. All pearls cost something, but only one pearl costs everything. So a pearl's a pearl, but there's one pearl. This one's gonna cost you everything if you want it. You can have all kinds of other pearls. There's other pearls. There's college pearls, there's job pearls, there's uh, popularity pearls, there's uh, uh, there's, you know, there's all kinds of pearls. If you, if, if, if you want to go to the most prestigious college, it's going to cost you something. Yeah. If you want to be popular, it's going to cost you something. You, you, if you hustle and you work hard at any field that you want to be a part of and get that little pearl, it'll cost you something. It doesn't matter whether you want to be a rock star or you want to be a dentist. It's going to cost you something. Those pearls have prices, but to get into heaven, that one costs everything. And that doesn't mean that you can't be a dentist or a nurse and go to heaven. It just means that you realize if God wants it, he could have it. Nothing will be withheld from my Lord. He's my Lord. It's all his anyways. And I'm willing to give it all. And I'm willing to actually even be a light and a witness on my campus. I'm willing to whatever he wants. Um, I'm not my own. Somebody say I'm not my, own. not my own. Amen. This is good. Last one, the talents. And I'm not saying that because I'm teaching, but (laughs) I'm feeling convicted. So, uh, Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. What verse is that? Matthew 14 through 25. Sister Prado, do you want to read? Matthew 25. 14 through 25. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far
2: country who called his own servants, and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise he he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his lord's money. After a long time the lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents; behold, I have gained beside them five more talents more. His lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things; I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents, behold I have gained two other talents besides them. The Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy tongue in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that there thou hast that is thine. His lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not stri- straw. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money in the exchangers, and then at thy coming I should have given mine own, us- mine own with usury. Okay,
0: so we'll stop right there. Thank you. So here is our final parable for the night. And we got a one two five. Everyone say one two five. I'm only making you do that because I always forget, so i always got to repeat my own name. Uh, so it's a one two five. And here's the beautiful here's the beautiful thing. Uh, of course, the the guy who gives out the talents is representative of God, and we are those servants. Um, so what is a talent? Number one, a lot of people don't always know. So a talent, a lot of people think talent, and I've heard it preached. I don't know why people do this, but they preach like, yo, you're a talent, you, sister, you could sing, you, you should be singing. Don't waste your talent. It's not that kind of a talent, though it does include that, but it's not that. A talent was actually a, um, a stone, it could be a metal. It was a big coin. It was a very large coin. And it represented, one talent was representative of literally thousands of dollars. So even if you got one talent, you were considered beyond wealthy. Um, you didn't, only wealthy people had talents. So two talents, you're like a millionaire. Five talents, you're like Bill Gates. You know, you're just, so that's, that, but that, it was just a coin that was backed up by a ton of money. Um, so here we have one, two, five. And the, the kind of powerful thing about this parable just off the bat is that Jesus is dealing with big players. And what that kind of tells us, the inference here is that there's never a chill zone. You don't ever get to a place in life where you're done. So he, Jesus is actually talking to people that operate in big stuff and big money. And this is very similar to another parable that he gives about a guy who builds a barn and then all of a sudden he has the barn full, the barn's doing good, and he says he says, "Oh, I'll just go to sleep now. I'll just I'll just relax." And the Bible says that the Lord speaks and says, thou fool, thy life is required of you tonight. You should not. So there's never a chill zone in God. It doesn't matter like um, how well you're doing. You know, last night we uh, we baptized little Luke. He's like, you know, he's he's the first generation of grandchildren uh, now receiving the Holy Ghost in the Harris family. But that doesn't give my mother in law a chill. She she's going to have to get up tomorrow before she goes to work and pray. Cause not everyone on her jobs are friendly. She, 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 she doesn't get like a pass now. She's not, she's technically retired. Right. But she doesn't get to retire from God. Sister Ruiz here. She's, she's got to get up and go to work. She's been living for God for years. She's not retired from Jesus. Like she's going to have to pray tomorrow. There's never this, like you're done. You made it. You've arrived. You will have arrived when you're in heaven and like dead and gone. That's when you've arrived. Uh, Uh, Until then, is there somebody at the door? Think so. Oh, hey, Marcus! Come on in, guys. Come on in. Awesome, good to see you guys. All right, it's warmer in here. Is it raining out there? Yes. Oh man, you guys come on in, man. Glad you guys came. So the this in this this last parable, the first thing we've got to understand is. No matter how high you go up, it's, you're never done. You're never done. Uh, so there's different ups, right? So everyone here has been living for God. Like, this is the cool thing, right? The kingdom of God, it's a kingdom. It's a house. So in a house, you've got people of all different ages. So at every stage and phase, you're never done. And, and essentially, if you just really want a very clear-cut message, you're not done until you're dead. So just always, always know, I got something I need to be doing. So one, two, five. The first guy gets one. The second guy gets two. The last guy gets five. What does the What does the parable say? Each according to his what? Does anybody remember? Where did we start? Uh, 25, 14? To
1: his several abilities.
0: To his several abilities. Now, if you want to know the truth behind the word several, me and my wife always talk about this. Uh, we have some, <laughs> some discussions on the word several means seven. And you, it's pretty much all you gotta do is put an N before you put that R, and you'll see the word seven. And so it's the word several comes from the word seven. Se, seven in the Bible is a perfect number. Yes. So Jesus says every one of these guys had several abilities. And the Lord knew their several abilities. So God knew Janelle is this talented, Jamie is this this able. Uh, Sister Harris is this capable. Jason has these capacities and he gives you according to your capacities. So the one thing we all got to embrace is whatever I've been given. It's because I can do it. Amen. I wouldn't I wouldn't be getting it if I couldn't do it. Right. So whatever I got in front of me, I can do this. You know what I mean? Like I got this. Uh, I, it would not have been given to me if I could not do this. The Bible says God will not allow you to be tempted above that. Which you're able to endure. So, whatever, don't ever, don't ever let a spirit of depression, don't ever let a spirit of suicide get a hold of you and tell you life's more than you can bear. And why do I say that? Because it gets a hold of people, it gets a hold of Christians. And I remember one time, I was delivered from a spirit of suicide. I'm, let's just keep it real tonight. But I remember one time, before I was married, I, I remember one time um, I started praying and I was like really upset and I started crying. I remember I started to punch the wall. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I remember the Holy Ghost rebuked me. I've never felt God rebuke me. And God rebuked me, said, don't you ever talk like that again. And it wasn't like I was saying, like, I'm going to go kill myself. But I was just like, I was like complaining to a point that God was like, you, I, I have you so well calibrated. I have you so figured out. I wouldn't even let something happen to you that you could not handle. So don't don't go there. Just get up and stop crying. And you know, I look back on it now. I was, I was probably like crying because someone stole my sandwich. It was real petty, You know, You know, as, as, you're, as you get stronger in life, you look back on everything. You're like, man, I, why was I crying like that? You know? <laughs> I wish I could cry like that now about this big deal I'm, I'm facing in my life, right? But you realize like as you get stronger, you're like, man, I was really weak back then. But. So just know that whatever you got, you're receiving according to your abilities. You can do it. Um, so each one, the, the master had them figured out. And that's a message all by itself. Like God's got you figured out. So one guy gets one, one gets two, one gets five. And they now have to decide. They have to determine what am I going to do with it? The, the scripture specifically uses the word exchange. So the guys that had two and five, they went out into the markets and they exchanged their talents. One thing I do understand about uh, uh, the market is in any investment or exchange, there's what gains and losses. All right. Now the guys with two and five, they doubled up, right? But can I tell you that if we were to just take a very practical look at this and say, okay, they went into the exchange tables, they doubled up. There was probably days they were, they were down, and anybody who's ever worked in the markets or exchanging their money or even risking their money or investing their money. And this doesn't necessarily mean in stock markets. Sometimes you're investing in smaller things in life. There's a risk. But you can't let fear keep you from risking. Because fear will tell you, don't do it. You're going to lose. And uh, it's not worth it. Um, this will even happen with your salvation. You know, there'll be days you're like, you know what? I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do this. Hallelujah. And and like the devil will tell you, like, don't do that. Right. You're, you're going to lose everything. You're, you're acting silly now. You know, people are going to people remember you. They're going to say, hey, who do you think you are now? Yeah. You know, or or and it, it it happens. And you'll have this fear of losing right. uh, friends, family, fame, fortune, money, jobs, whatever. You have this fear of losing. Don't ever be afraid to lose. Everybody loses. Be afraid of not trying. That's what we should be afraid of. Because the one thing God doesn't want is, is this idleness, is this, this non-action, right? He wants action. He wants you to get out there. He wants you to put it out there. He wants you to go to the exchange tables. So the guy with two puts it out there. He gets back. The guy with five puts it out there. He gets back. The guy with one hides it. The guy with one hides it. The Bible says not only did he hide it, he buried it in the ground. And you could actually, I never understood why he buried it in the ground. But now I kind of do when you think about, he's like, man, this is like 10,000 bucks. Don't, I don't want to lose it. I don't want anybody else to find it. Uh, if my master ever, you know, this is bad. So he hides it and he buries it in the ground. And the Bible says that the master comes back and he reckons. And God reckons. And reckon is that word. He, he comes to, to count things out. He reckons. And when he reckons, he asked the guy with one, he said, what'd you do with the one talent I gave you? What did you do with it? And the guy says, I hit it in the ground, but watch this. He blames God. He says, and I'll tell you why I did it because you, he didn't, he never reflected on himself. He never said, I'll tell you why I hit it. I'm kind of a chicken. Mm -hmm. He didn't say that. He was never critical of himself. He was critical of the master. He said, I'll tell you why I hit it. Because you, 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 you made me so that I can't talk good. You made me with one leg that's shorter than the other. You made me with arthritis or you made me with one ear, you know, or, or whatever. You made me fat, you know, or you made me too skinny or you made me unpopular. You made me too dark or you made me too white. Whatever it is we throw at God as our, our excuse, and, and it didn't work. And in fact, the Lord now answers him according to his critical spirit. And he says, okay, yeah, I am hard. You know I reap and I sow. Where I, well, you know I reap where I don't sow. So then why didn't you do it? If I'm, if I'm that hard and I'm that nasty and I'm that brutal, then why didn't you at least let fear motivate you? And of course, the inference here is your excuse is lame. Your excuse is wrong. Because fear is actually a natural motivator <laughs> right you know that's why you know when you google you know he- you know your headache and you find out you have a tumor now you know you're like ready to go to the hospital the next day right <laughs> Fear's like this natural motivator and but he he obviously wasn't even he obviously was not afraid cuz he had no fear of popping off and telling them it's your fault so he really wasn't that afraid and the lord discerns and And plows right through his excuse and says your excuse is no excuse. And so the take home, the take home for tonight is whatever you got. Put it out there. I, 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 I'm going to just, I'm just going to be very frank with you. And we're closing when I, when I came to God and it probably, and I'll even be even more transparent with you. It's probably only been in the last. Well, no, this year I did. Okay. But I've never let a year gone by where I didn't win a soul. I've never let one year go by where I did not win somebody to God. Where I did not live my Christianity out and invite someone to Bible study and invite somebody to church and, and teach them a Bible study and talk to them about God. It doesn't matter what level you're at. It doesn't matter where you're at. You should share your faith. God's not, God has not given you anything just for you. It's to be exchanged. Everyone say exchanged. It's to be exchanged. This Christmas, some people do gifts exchange. You know what I'm saying? So you need to do a faith exchange. You got it. You got to go take your faith wherever I, you know, a lot of people don't do it because they're like, well, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, like, I'm so glad I was telling you guys a story about my DJ. Uh, I'm so glad he wasn't like, I'm a hypocrite. I shouldn't talk to anybody about God. I'm glad he stated I'm a hypocrite, but I'm going to talk about God. Mm-hmm. right and and don't don 't let your hypocrisy, and we all got a good everybody has a little hypocrisy in their life right but don't let don't let your shortcomings whatever stop you really i 'm talking to everybody here this is not this is for me, this is for you don't let don't let your bad day in Jesus keep you from talking about jesus mm-hmm. he 's good. You may have a bad day, and I know I've I've quoted a lot of times. This is the day the Lord has made, and I messed it up. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but but that, but He's still good, so good. and I'm going to talk about it. And I can't tell you how many days I've had like I've dropped watermelons, and there's seeds everywhere, and like all of a sudden, and I've done it, and I'll have somebody try to talk to me, and I'm just not sensitive to them, and I'm so ticked, I'm kicking rocks. I'm like, you know using just christian bad words you know and you're just upset at life and you're just and then someone's like hey you know i have this issue and i'm like yeah me too (laughs) you know and i'm like i'm shut off but let's go to the exchange to the gifts exchange and let's let's exchange our faith how's that sound sounds wonderful amen let's pray jesus we thank you for your word your word is so powerful god we thank you for tonight's lesson Lord, I pray that you would free us from all fear. And Lord, I pray that you would help us tonight to be able to exchange our faith in what you've given us. God, everybody here under the sound of my voice, including myself, has received so much of your goodness. Lord, don't ever let us keep it to ourselves. Help us to share it. Help us to get it out there, Lord. To be a light and a witness everywhere we go, at all times, even in our bad days. God, touch us, use us, give us boldness. Don't ever let us bury our talent. In Jesus' name. And everyone, shout amen. 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 Let's give Jesus a good hand praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you everyone for coming tonight. And uh, God bless you. We'll see you again.